0: Is your life a joy to discover or a pain to endure? Is this season merry or miserable for you? When you hear the 12 days of Christmas, what is it that you hear? I promise you I'm not gonna sing because I've I've been told that that's not one of my spiritual gifts. Maybe it is for you, I just make a joyful noise. But I'm gonna share with you some of the lyrics from that song seven swans a-swimming, six geese a-laying, five golden rings, four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. When you hear that song, do you think of a beautiful view of Christmas or do you think of bird flu? I'm reminded of how Christmas can be unexpected sometimes. I heard of a story one time of a a church that was having a Christmas nativity uh, play with kids. Everybody in the play were kids. The wise men, the shepherds, Mary and Joseph, even the animals were kids. In fact, the star that led the wise men to Jesus was actually four children, each one of them carrying a letter that said S-T-A-R and they were excited about being a part of the play. But on the day of, they were nervous. This was their first time performing in front of a crowd and the kids got mixed up. And instead of spelling S-T-A-R, it spelled rats. (laughs) They had come out the opposite direction. For many of us, what happens in life is we start out the year believing it's our banner year. It is our star year. But sometimes we get to the end of the year and we feel like it's a rat year. I wonder, I wonder if sometimes we're frustrated in life and God wants to do something in our heart. Sometimes we let the circumstances of our life and what's happening around us impact our heart. And I believe God has something better for us. But I can't help but notice that Many of us, we have overwhelming obligations, daunting duties, excessive expectations, and ridiculous responsibilities. In fact, I think many of us, we would like to fast forward through the Christmas season, because sometimes we feel like Christmas is just too much work. We say to ourselves, Christmas would be perfect if it wasn't for the people. Have you ever walked into Christmas or maybe into a holiday moment with your family and wish you had a can of humbug repellent that you could spray all over people and suddenly they would go from being grouchy to being happy? I think all of us, we know people who know how to drive a stake through the heart of happiness. They know how to skip dessert and go straight to eating Poison. But what if what if God's inviting us to not focus on the grouchy, grumbling, grinches of our life and family, but instead he wants to change our heart? Sometimes we're so focused on what's happening in the lives of other people, and God's saying, hold on, hold on. I want to work in your life. Just because people are grouchy doesn't mean you have to be miserable. However, however, If you decide that you wanna be miserable, let me give you three ways to have a miserable life. Number one, dwell on your troubles. Focus on the problems of life. Eat a steady steady diet of news and social media. Make that what you consume each and every day. I guarantee you that if you eat that diet, you'll be filled with stress, frustration, anxiety, and insomnia. Here's the second way to have a miserable life. Be critical of everything. Be critical and complain about everything and everyone. When you go to the grocery store and there's that new checker at H-E-B, she's 16 years old, she is, this is her first job, this is her first day on the job, complain about it. Be willing to complain about the price of gas and groceries and even the price of smiling at that unhappy coworker that you have. And if you find that you don't have an unhappy coworker, you may be the unhappy coworker. (laughs) Be willing, be willing to complain about the fact that your seat warmers in your brand new car don't go hot enough. First world problems. Here's a third way to have a miserable life. Embrace grievances. Make grievances your pet piranha. Let it gnaw on you. Let it make your life miserable. Embrace grievances. I guarantee if you make grievances, your pet, it'll eventually destroy you. It'll eat you from the inside out. You see, Jesus didn't come to live and die and rise again for us to live a terrible, no good, awful year. In fact, he came to give us life and life abundant. He came to give us more. In fact, I believe this season, Jesus wants to unwrap and unveil for us the gift of joy. Not on and off joy, not sometimes joy, not situational joy, but joy all the time. Joy unspeakable. In fact, God not only wants to bring joy to the world, God wants to bring joy to your world That's the title of my message today, Joy to Your World. Never in all of history have we needed joy more than ever. We need the joy of God in our life, and God wants to bring joy to your world this Christmas. And with that in mind, I want to invite you to join me in Luke chapter 2. And while you're turning there, let me tell you where we're at in the Christmas story. We're going to look at verses 10 and 11 and 15 and 16, and while you're turning there, I just invite you to open your heart and let God speak to you through this passage. In this story, what's happening is uh, Jesus has already been born, Mary and Joseph are ecstatic as new parents, and God sends an angel to announce to shepherds that Jesus has been born. And instead of being excited, these shepherds are terrified. Have you ever noticed that? They're terrified. I wonder for a moment that maybe the reason they're terrified is because they're used to having bad news. Maybe they're used to the miserable drudgery of life. But What if God wants to bring good news to you? I invite you to join me in, in Luke chapter 2, verse 10 and following. It says this. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. Say great joy. Great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. After the angels praised God and celebrated, we step into verse 15. It says this. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Today... God wants to bring joy to our heart. He wants to bring joy to us. If you study the passage closely, what you'll notice is that the word used for great in the original language is the word mega. And it's just as you sound, uh, just as it sounds. It's the same way we use the word mega. It means strong, it means many, it means powerful. And what God was telling the shepherds then, was this, is that God wants to bring mega joy to you. He's also saying that to us. God wants to bring mega joy to you. God wants to bring mega joy to you. But oftentimes we expect the mega moments to be the moments when God brings mega joy to us. But what if God wants to bring mega joy in the micro mundane everyday moments of life? I think sometimes we're so busy looking for the mega joy in the mega moments that we forget that God wants to bring mega joy in the mundane everyday moments of life. God wants us to collect joy every day in our hearts. Today I wanna share with you two ways that joy can come to your world. The first one is this, enjoy life, it's a gift. Enjoy life, it's a gift. I believe that God created us to enjoy life. I think many of us we struggle with enjoying life because we're too focused and stuck in the past or too focused on the future. We are regretting our past and we're worried about the future that we fail to realize that we're in the moment right now. Today will only happen once. Be present. Parents, be present for your kids this holiday season. Don't get so distracted by everything that's happening around. Be present Enjoy life. Enjoy every moment. Don't miss the sights and sounds, the tastes and the textures and the colors and all of the experiences of Christmas. Enjoy life. God created us to enjoy life. In fact, today I want to share with you two ways to enjoy life. The first one is this don't compare. Don't compare. Comparison is the quickest way to kill something great. Don't compare your social media following, don't compare your car or your house or even your great good looks with someone else. Someone once said that comparison is the thief of joy because it takes your eyes off of what is in your life and it reveals to you what you think is missing in your life. So what do you do? Instead of comparing, the second way to enjoy life is is to be grateful, be grateful. Gratitude guards the heart. Researchers have found that you can't grumble and be grateful at the same time. You can't be angry and curious at the same time. And oh, by the way, when you are curious instead of angry, you're actually 30% smarter. When you happen to be in a good mind frame, you're actually smarter. So be grateful, be grateful for what you have and don't grumble about what you don't. In in fact, the first problem in humanity is found in Genesis chapter three. Adam and Eve were in the garden, the most perfect environment, but the enemy came along and he highlighted what they didn't have. The first problem in humanity was this, the perception of lack instead of the reality of abundance. And I wonder if many of us, we struggle with that. We're so focused on what we don't have that we stop appreciating what we do have. The quickest way to lose someone that you love or lose the things you love is by not appreciating what's right in front of you. We need to learn to be grateful, and it's a choice. We need to decide that we're gonna be grateful this season. So if you have a family that loves you, a couple good friends, food on your table and a roof over your head, you're actually more wealthy than you think. You have much more than so many others. But not only did God create us to enjoy life, he also wants us to find joy. We can find joy. That's the second way that joy can come to our world is by finding joy. And the way we do that is by finding Jesus. In fact, I put it this way, find Jesus, find joy. If you find Jesus, you will find joy. This is the mega big thing that God offers to us this Christmas. This is the mega gift that God offers to us is the person of Jesus. And when we find Jesus, we actually find joy. When I was a little boy, my parents took me to the church. In fact, we would go more than most people. We would be there five, six times a week. That was a lot. Any of you have that experience? You just were at church all the time? yeah. There came a point in life when I realized that I only knew about God, I didn't know him personally. And so one day I came to my dad and I said, Dad, I know about the love of God, but I just don't seem to believe in my heart that I have that love and that it belongs to me. So he explained to me how I could receive Jesus in my heart and how I could make him the Lord of my life. And in a very small, micro, mundane moment, my dad and I, we knelt down and he led me in a prayer to receive Jesus in my heart as the Lord and Savior. And the moment I stood up, something had changed in my heart. It was a micro moment, but I discovered the mega joy of God. If you feel like something's missing in your life, could it be possible that what's missing in your life is Jesus? You may be feeling like joy is missing, but what's really missing is Jesus. I think many of us, we struggle with finding joy because We think joy is something that it's not. We we think that we're gonna find joy in things and not in a person. But I've discovered that joy doesn't depend on success, external circumstances, or material possessions. Joy doesn't depend on perfect conditions or the absence of pain or a perfect life. Joy doesn't depend on us at all. Joy depends on Jesus. In fact, we can't purchase joy. We can't earn joy through our good works. All we need to do is receive it because joy is a gift of God. Joy is something that he's entrusting to us. All we have to do is to say yes to Jesus. And in the process, we end up receiving joy as well. I think many of us, we struggle with finding joy is because we're actually looking for happiness instead of joy but happiness and joy are not the same thing. Happiness happens to us, but joy happens in us. Happiness is externally dependent. It depends on when our life is going good, but joy is internally independent. Happiness is an emotional feeling, but joy on the other hand Joy is a spiritual state. Joy is actually the spiritual state of Jesus. Someone once said, Joy is God's character, joy is His eternal destiny. God is the most joyful being in the universe. This is how it works. When we find Jesus and we receive him into our life, the internal experience of Jesus himself becomes our internal experience. And because Jesus is joy, when he comes into our life, his internal experience of joy gets, it gets transmitted to us. And this is the good news is that it doesn't matter what's happening in your life. It doesn't matter if your life is falling apart. It doesn't matter if you're unemployed. It doesn't matter if you just lost a family member. Yes, those are all hard things. And God's heart grieves when we experience that, but even in the midst of hardship, when we have Jesus in our heart, we have joy. He wants to give us joy, a joy unspeakable. So don't chase temporary happiness, choose eternal joy but in order for us to find joy, we have to find Jesus. The problem for many of us is we're looking for Jesus where he's not. We're looking for joy where he's not. Jesus and joy cannot be found at the club. Jesus and joy cannot be found at the bar. Jesus and joy cannot be found in that unhealthy, ungodly relationship. Jesus and joy cannot be found anywhere else outside of who Jesus is. We must find him where he's at. In fact, I imagine that the shepherds and the wise men, they expected to find the Messiah in a palace in Jerusalem. But that's not what the Bible tells us. In fact, verse 15 and 16 tells us a different story. It says this, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem, not Jerusalem, and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who is lying in the manger. You see, Jesus wasn't born in Jerusalem. He was born in a cave right at the outskirts of Bethlehem, in a cave where sheep were born and raised. In fact, the announcement that went out, it went out to shepherds, not kings. And in that, I believe God is saying something to us. God is telling us that he wants to reach ordinary people just like you and me. In fact, Jesus was born an outsider to reach outsiders. Jesus was born an outsider to reach outsiders, and all of us are outsiders, and Jesus was born on the outskirts of town so that he could reach outsiders. There was no room in the inn for him, but there's plenty of room in God's heart for you. What if God doesn't want to meet you in Jerusalem? What if he wants to meet you in the proverbial barn of Bethlehem? I think many of us, we expect to find Jesus in the Jerusalem moments, the mega moments of life, in the graduations and in the promotions and in the birthday parties. But what if God wants to meet us in the Bethlehem moments, the ordinary moments of life? Again, we sometimes expect to find Jesus in Jerusalem. But what if he wants to meet you in your Bethlehem moments. New, uh, moms of newborns, could it be that God wants to meet you in the midnight feeding with your child? Could it be that Jesus wants to meet you in the parent pickup line while you wait for your child? Could it be that God wants to meet you? He wants to meet you in the Bethlehem moment of being in the ER or maybe in the ICU or maybe in the funeral home while you plan to celebrate that loved one? I believe that God brings joy to us in the bleak, broken, burdensome Bethlehem moments of life. He wants to show up right in the hardest moments of our life. But we must go on a journey to find him. We must take action. We must move forward. We must be willing to say yes to God. You see, after the announcement came to the shepherds, they didn't just stand there and muse the miracle that had happened. They actually moved and went to find Jesus. They said, let's go, to, let's go to Bethlehem and let's see what has happened, what God has told us about." Sometimes in order for us to find Jesus, we actually have to take action. We have to move. In fact, that's what Isaac Watts did. Isaac Watts was, was a songwriter in the 18th century, in fact. 600 poems and hymns are attributed to him. And when he was a young man, he came up to his dad and he was frustrated because the church music in his church was boring and uninspired and monotonous. There wasn't any love, there wasn't any emotion, there wasn't any celebration, it was just flat. And he began to complain to his dad. And his dad said to him, son, God has given you a talent. I challenge you to write something better. So after a couple of weeks, he came across Psalm 98, verse 4, and it inspired him. It gripped his heart. And this is what Psalm 98, verse 4 says. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. Psalm 98, verse 4, ended up being the inspiration for a Christmas carol that all of us know called Joy to the World." Nearly two centuries later, we still sing the song because embedded in that song is a desire in our heart to rejoice about who God is. And it got me thinking could it be possible that if your life is uninspired and monotonous, it's boring and it Doesn't seem to move forward. There's no love, there's no joy, there's no inspiration that God wants to step into your life and he wants to proclaim joy to your world. He wants to rewrite the song of your heart. He wants to reintroduce you to the wonder of who God is. He wants you to reclaim joy today. That's what Jesus came to do and that's what the angels proclaimed. And so today as I close, I want to invite you to stand because here's what I know. I believe all of us want joy in our world, but the only way that we can receive joy is by finding Jesus. And I want to give you an opportunity to meet him and to find him, just like my dad did when I was eight years old. Here at Westover, we believe that finding Jesus is as clear as ABC. A, admitting that we need Jesus because we truly do. B, believing in our heart that he died on the cross to not only pay for our sin, but also to purchase eternal life for us. And that he rose on the third day, not so that we would just survive, so that we could thrive, so that we could have an abundant life, so that we could have joy and freedom and hope and peace and grace, and see that we would confess from our heart with our mouth out loud that we want him to be the Lord of our life and wanna give you that opportunity today. So I invite you to bow your head and close your eyes, front to back, side to side, every person. I wanna give you a private audience with the Lord Here it is. If after examining your heart, you find that you don't know Jesus, you know about him, but you don't know him, this is your moment. Here's what I'm gonna invite you to do. On the count of three, I'm gonna invite you to raise your hand. You're not joining this church. You're just saying yes to Jesus. Here it is. One, two, three. Yes, yes, yes. God sees you. He knows you. He loves you. He's inviting you to say yes. So I'm gonna invite... Those of you who have raised your hand to say this prayer from your heart, say it from the depth of your soul. In fact, all of us are going to say this prayer. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for going to the cross to die for my sin, to extend forgiveness to me. Today I receive you. Today I confess from my heart that you are the Lord of my life, today and forever. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. If you just said that, congratulations, and welcome to the family of God. We celebrate with you. And now, to celebrate the moment of Christmas, We have mariachis here to sing Feliz Navidad. If you're brand new to San Antonio, this is part of the San Antonio culture. We love to celebrate and we want you to celebrate Christmas. In fact, from Pastor Danae and I and the entire Westover staff, we want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. But now, I invite each one of you, if you know the words, to sing Feliz Navidad, let's celebrate the joy of Christmas together.
1: All right, everyone up there, come on, here we go. Feliz Navidad, ooh, Feliz Navidad, ooh, Feliz Navidad, Prospero año, hay felicidad. All right, here we go. I wanna wish you a Merry Christmas.
0: Once again, Merry Christmas. We invite you to go in the joy of the Lord. It's been great to have you this weekend. God bless you, and we're dismissed.